Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha. And as usual, uh, every fortnight, I'm joined by my colleague, Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha, who's going to give us his view about what's going on. Um, Jason, I gather, you know, we're still in the end of the maintenance season and a lot's been happening in carbon. What's the latest news? Very much as it was, uh, Jeremy. Um, We still have quite a bit of nuclear plant in the UK and France offline, making that a little bit difficult. Plenty of UK CS returning over the last week or so, but still some NCS maintenance ongoing, making that uh, well supported. So the maintenance continues as we thought it would or or was scheduled to. And obviously the the focus is now back on carbon with expectations of... uh, you know, some more detail on the uh, green recovery. Indeed, and we're expecting a major announcement from the European Commission this week about that, including the widely trailed 55% reduction in, in emissions if uh, if member states will accept it. But there are also going to be some proposals in there that will directly affect the carbon mar- market, or at least could do so, uh, tightening down on the carbon cap and uh, availability of emissions for, for industry. What's the expectation there? So 55 to 60% is the new 2030 target, or that's what's expected to be announced, subject to the usual political machinations. But I think the review of the ETS scheme to uh, accommodate this is the thing that everyone's watching. And that effectively means that at face value, there will be significant reductions in the amount of certificates available in the scheme. There's already talk of it being, you know, uh, it's still a, a, a surplus scheme, although you wouldn't necessarily uh, understand that from looking at the price movements recently. But ultimately, a significant reduction in the amount of overall to match demand more closely and uh, a lot less freebies in terms of um, the free allowances that certain sectors get um, in the current situation. Right. And um, with respect to the European announcements, I mean, are the markets taking this in their stride? Do they anticipate that there could be problems from member states accepting these proposals? Or uh, or is the view whatever gets decided, whether it's this precise set of proposals or something similar, uh, the pressure is going to remain on as far as carbon is concerned? Well, I think the pressure remains on because although there'll be plenty of individual states that won't necessarily want to uh, burden their industry and commerce any further. The reality will be that uh, the, the the money for recovery out of the current economic uh, crisis is uh, is coming from the EU. So I suspect the uh, those member states will be strong armed or told, you know, no dice, no dough. That sounds highly probable if past behaviour is anything to go by. And and you mentioned um, gas a little earlier on, and I know when we were speaking about this some time ago, we'd seen some more energetic activity in the gas markets after a rather quiet period. Are the gas markets still looking exciting? Or or, uh, I've heard news that uh, gas storage levels are are very high in, in the United States and elsewhere. Is this another bubble about to burst? We would certainly expect that once into Q4, we will see some relaxing of some of these premiums. I think uh, if we look first off at um, near-term pricing, maintenance has impacted that. 
I think also the fact that we are at the, uh, the the peak of the contract round for those that buy annual gas and power in the UK uh, and the market knows it. But I think also, more importantly, we are seeing signs that the significant price increases mean that loadings in the US are already seeing big increases in LNG shipment schedules for the next sort of month to six weeks. So, in other words, we're expecting those prices to attract the gas. And I'm sure that post-maintenance, once the gas does arrive into fairly benign demand, uh, that is always typical in early part of uh, the autumn, we'll see prices track back. Well, that's another one to watch, clearly. Thinking slightly further ahead, some people will have seen news reports about the controversial Nord Stream pipeline to take, uh, or Nord Stream 2, to give it its proper name, taking gas from Russia uh, into Germany and Western Europe. A bit controversial because some member states don't like the idea of dependence on Russian gas and would rather that the scheme didn't go ahead. Angela Merkel believed to be uh, very much in favour of it being completed. Are there any risks there? I, I my, my assumption It'll, it'll, it'll still get built. So, but if, even if it weren't, are there any particular concerns as far as the European gas market is concerned? I suspect that um, there will be an issue. The market's not really looking that at the moment. There's, there's too much short-term other distractions going on, I suppose. But uh, certainly in the longer term, it would be a, an issue that would need sorting out. Certainly, it's not new gas as such in terms of the gas it's a transit method that is certainly easier and cleaner, a direct link between uh, Russian-controlled territory and uh, Germany. But it's not actually new gas, and it's not into a market where there is exponential growth seen in, uh, you know, in gas consumption. So uh, I suspect that it will be modest in terms of uh, impact, while there are certainly a few other things going on in the market. Certainly one to look at long term, the reality at the moment is that uh, Europe does not function without Russian gas. Longer term, obviously, the whole drive from the EU is to become less focused on fossil fuels, uh, not just coal, but gas as well, as soon as possible. So longer term, I suppose the gas won't be, won't be needed. It's a short to medium term. It's a 10 or 20 year solution rather than a 100 year solution, perhaps. And thinking of fossil fuels, one shouldn't neglect oil, of course. Uh, what's been happening there? Are we seeing similar sort of pressures in, in the oil market? Uh, what's the outlook? Well, in, in stark contrast to a European power market that's absolutely dominated by uh, what's going on in the politics and carbon, we're just seeing uh, uh, oil really struggling. Uh, and oil is struggling on the basis that the... Uh, demand impacts uh, and even adjusted uh, supply is still not uh, closing um, that, uh, that that gap in terms of uh, over uh, oversupply and, and weak demand. So we're seeing Brent crude bobbling around $40 at the moment, uh, has tested below uh, this week. 
Um, we're seeing uh, WTI returning to sort of 37 $38. Um, a lack of interest from the funds, which is really quite interesting. So even in uh, an environment where it's uh, underpinned by uh, economic policy and, and the Fed, you're seeing a lack of appetite for speculative uh, money uh, and asset hoarding in the form of oil. Um, and that, from a purely fundamental perspective, is quite refreshing because it says actually, you know, uh, oil and gas will continue to probably be priced according to their availability uh, and not by the fact that uh, there's a massive surge for uh, assets in the financial markets based on the fact the Fed is underwriting all of the checks at the moment. That's a really interesting point, you know, the, the, the sort of macroeconomic issues and uh, and those associated with the Fed and, and others, printing money and, and the impact on the economy in terms of inflation. You know, how significant do you think this is? And is there a risk uh, things could unwind if there's a change in policy there? Or are we kind of stuck with this uh, somewhat in, inflationary situation for the foreseeable? Well, there's big meeting this week. I suspect that for the foreseeable, the Fed will be very nervous about normalising anything, uh, especially given the the wild card, of course, is that we have a US election. So the club, the the, the claims and counterclaims about political uh, movements, uh, which is not the Fed's game, would be um, significant if they were to do something uh, significantly different to the uh, print it forever that they have been doing uh, sort of in the last few months, the last six months. I think the issue is that ultimately the assets are completely underpinned by the fact the Fed is printing money. And I would suggest that if you look at some of the established companies that have had their business models uh, severely damaged or, you know, even oil companies that are going through a tough time and you see their share prices, you notice that equity valuations are absolutely supported by the virtual lunacy of some of the prices being attached to uh, to the more tech-based uh, companies, multiples that we've never seen before. I think there's no doubt in my mind and quite a few other commentators, I think that uh, without doubt, without the Fed's money, all of this comes crashing down quite quickly. Uh, you know, and then we deal with what is the, uh, uh, you know, the worst recession in sort of 75 years. That said, there is no indication at the moment the Fed does take its foot off. And if people keep investing and keep buying assets that are based on multiples that they will never, ever, even if they're the most successful company ever to uh, hit the markets, they can never return some of these multiples because they are just so extended. I, You know, one struggles in a market, a commodities market, to really understand what's going on there. Uh, and we are seeing it particularly in the, the, the investment money coming into carbon and the political aspects of what's happening in carbon. We are seeing heavily distorted markets. There's no question. Uh, it's a really interesting point. And uh, uh, as people have often said about apparently irrational markets, you know, markets can often stay rational, irrational rather, uh, long, longer than some people can remain solvent betting against them. Uh, so I suspect it, it, it may, may be uh, a while before we see, see any correction there. And, and lastly, in terms of recovery of demand uh, after the COVID crisis, or, or should I even say after the COVID crisis in, you know, in, in Europe and North America, as we go into the winter season 
there's a likelihood we might see infections picking up again. That could lead to further lockdowns or reductions in demand. Um, what are the markets expecting there? Is demand recovering to anything like the previous levels we saw? Not at this moment in time, Jeremy. And I mean, that is... Uh that's really what's been going on in the oil markets. The uh, the funds and the uh, the investors in oil are looking at the supply side and they're looking at the failure to recover of the demand side, or rather the patchy and erratic recovery of the demand side. And uh, that's kind of uh, capping everybody's view. I mean, I think it's a little bit of a double whammy for uh, for fossil fuels as well. All of the talk and all of the investment or the promised investment is for a reduction or further reduction in the uh, need and use of fossil fuels and then tie that in with the natural uh, depletion of demand in a uh, recession which let's not forget we won't really begin to see the true effects until q4 once that furlough schemes get unwound and unemployment uh, and company failures you know there's been surprisingly few large-scale company failures to date uh, and that ties back in with the whole argument about the fed and the ecb and the bank of england you know uh, supporting everything effectively the, the biggest nationalization in the history of anything i think but um but ultimately i think you know that doesn't go on forever and we will see some of these prices come back well, thank you, Jason. That was fascinating uh, to hear your, your observations on all of that. Plenty going on at the moment and plenty to look out for. Well, if you found that interesting too and would like to find out many more information about, about what's going on in the markets and, and other regulatory matters, do have a look at our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And we hope you join us again for a podcast very soon. <laughs>